Hola, everyone. Welcome back to Figuring It Out, the podcast, the podcast where I talk about everything I know and everything I don't know. This week, I actually want to go into a topic that I think we can all relate to through multiple eras of our lives. But I think as we begin to move away from friends, as we enter in and out of different relationships, situationships, whatever that may be, I think this is a topic we can all relate to. And that is the idea of growing pains of outgrowing people. This episode has a little bit of a somber tone to it, I think, because this is just part of life. Unfortunately, or fortunately, however you choose to look at it, we grow as individuals and sometimes the way we grow does not complement the way in which our friends are growing, our romantic partners are growing, and sometimes we just out grow people or our relationships with them start to look different. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Friendships, relationships, they evolve, they change over time. That being said, I think that there's certain, you know, as time goes on, we realize there's certain ones we have to unfortunately let go of. And there's certain ones we just set boundaries and those relationships looks different. And then there's some that really are just for the long haul forever. And I kind of want to get into what those look like, how we can differentiate those relationships, how to set healthy boundaries, how to know when it's time to let go of certain relationships. So putting a disclaimer, something I always say, always follow your gut with these sort of things. Your gut will never steer you wrong. So if something tells you someone is not for you. If something tells you someone really is, you just have to give them time or that the relationship is just going to have to look different for a little bit. Trust that. There's nothing wrong with trusting a gut feeling. I'm super, I've done so much research about this at this point. Your gut has 10,000 neurons. So your body is picking up on things that your heart and your brain are not. So always, always, always trust your gut. That being said, I do want to share some of my personal experiences and insights onto how I've tried to navigate this because fortunately, I haven't had to go through many of a friend breakup which I know a lot of my friends have actually been going through a lot of friend breakups lately, but I think there is benefits to recognizing the positive attributes of someone and some of their negative attributes kind of right off the bat. That way you know what boundaries you need to set. And I will also give you tips on how to enact those boundaries if they're not being respected or when it's time to just cut things loose. So here we go. I'm going to first start with the types of friendships that you kind of just outgrow. And I think I have felt this as I was going to college and I was seeing friends from high school still, and we really were just growing in different ways. Our lives started to look different. We were really prioritizing different things. That was the first time I ever experienced it. And of course, now that I live in New York and I live away from a lot of my friends and I've had certain life experiences. They've had certain life experiences. Our lives just really look different. And I remember having this experience probably back in college with a friend of mine who I was really prioritizing our friendship, but 
she had made it obvious that she was going to be prioritizing whatever guy she was seeing at the time. So I remember it was college time and, you know, you try and see all your friends from home before you go back to school. And she really just did not prioritize seeing me at all. She had made plans with this guy she was seeing at the time. And I knew she was doing that. So I kind of just made the decision for myself that I wasn't necessarily going to confront this person. I had talked to them about it before and there clearly wasn't a change. I wasn't going to make this big, long, dramatic friend blow up, but I was just going to say, okay, you know what? If she reaches out, she reaches out. If she tries to make plans, she tries to make plans and we'll go from there. And she never did. And unfortunately, that friendship kind of just faded out and no hard feelings. I wish her well. I'm sure she wishes wishes me well. But at the end of the day, that friendship just was not for the long run. And, And that's okay. That was something I learned about this person. We were just prioritizing different things at the time. And also, you deserve a friend who is going to prioritize your friendship over whoever they are talking to for that short period of time. And I also actually recently experienced this kind of in a different way. Something that I really, really, really want to make a pinpoint of this episode is it is so important to have friends and romantic partners, family members who fill your cup. And I've talked a lot about filling your own cup and how to do that and manifesting self-love, cultivating as much self-love as possible. But it's important to have friends who are going to do that for you and romantic partners because you're going to hit hard times and you need those people for advice. You need to lean on them for emotional support. And also you need those people to tell you the harsh truth that sometimes you don't want to hear. Some of my best friends are people from high school who will tell me when I'm acting up, who will tell me when I do something really, really wrong and they'll hold me accountable and they'll hold me accountable in my relationship with them. They'll hold me accountable in my relationship with other people. They'll hold me accountable in my family relationships. And those are the best kind of friends because you know, they were, are always in your corner because they always want the best in you and they always see your potential and are always pushing you to be the version of you that they know you can be. So those are the best kind of friends to keep, romantic partners as well. Those are the people you want in your life. You don't want people who are just going to tell you what you want to hear. And those are really good people to keep because when you start to gaslight yourself and be like, maybe I fucked up. Maybe I was too hard on that guy I was seeing for that period of time. Maybe, maybe I'm not working hard enough. And then when they tell you the truth and say, no, actually that guy sucks or no, your, your job is not valuing you. You can trust them because they held you accountable and they're going to tell you when you're acting up, but you can also trust them to tell you the truth when, Hey, it really has nothing to do with you. You're actually in the right in this situation. Caveating this next story I'm about to get into. So I lately for myself have really been trying to manifest just putting out positive energy and doing everything with as much love as possible. Granted, that being said, don't let people walk all over you, but I really try and just have as positive as an attitude as possible, even to people who may not deserve it. The guy who honks behind me in traffic, 
still trying to keep a positive attitude about it and recognize that it's his problem, not mine. That is something for myself I've really, really been trying to cultivate because I do believe you attract what you put out. So if I'm putting out positive energy, I'm naturally going to be blocking the vast majority of negative energy that comes my way because I won't allow it in. So I had this friend from college who for the beginning of college was a really good friend. And then I, we kind of just, we were still friends all throughout college. And then post-college, we still caught up over the phone. And I just noticed there were certain boundaries I had to set. He complained a lot. And that was always something I noticed. And I said, okay, maybe he's not someone I talk to all the time just because I notice his mood really brings me down. So I semi-recently started to notice this person always seems to have a problem with someone. They're always in a fight with a friend. They're always having problems with the people at work. And I started to realize that there's a common thread here. But again, setting certain boundaries that, you know, you that you keep this person in your life. Maybe they're a once a month friend, which there's nothing wrong with having those kind of friends, friends you just see every now and then that you can only take in small doses or just people in your life, acquaintances, work people that you just catch up with every now and then that's totally okay. So I set that boundary and then semi recently I had called and it was just quite honestly, an ocean of negativity. And then there was something I felt like I needed to rant about for five minutes. And I started to go and the response I got essentially was, oh, if you think that's bad, wait till I tell you what's going on with me. It wasn't like my problems or what I was dealing with at the time were valid. And that's not fair. Friendship relationships, they're two-way street. You're supposed to be there for each other. And that being said, there's things you communicate to your friends. And those, again, are your real friends when you can say to them, hey, I actually feel like you're not allowing me to have my moment to complain. Hey, I feel every time we talk, you're always fighting with someone. I feel like you always are going through something at work. What is this about? But I also knew with this particular person that they were not very open to feedback (laughs) and it was not going to go over well. So I just bit my tongue and I got off the phone and it was, I ended the conversation early. It was probably a 10 minute conversation and I just felt like I felt it in my body. I just felt annoyed and sad because it just felt like so much negativity and complaining. And I realized, you know, maybe I've just outgrown this friendship And there's nothing wrong with that. If this person called me tomorrow, I'd pick up the phone and still be there for them if they needed me to. But the odds that I would go out of my way to talk to them is very slim at this point. (laughs) Uh, Now, moving on to something I said earlier about relationships that you set little boundaries with. So these may be friends that you see every couple of months. And sometimes it's just because of geographical location. A lot of my friends from college actually don't live in the city. So I really only get to see them once, maybe every six months, if that. But there's other things in play. We call each other maybe once every three or four months just to catch up, hear how things are going. Also, I'm a huge voice memo fan. Anyone who knows me knows I love voice memos. It's like talking on the phone, but at my convenience. 
So we'll do a lot of voice memos back and forward. And those are really nice friendships to have as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be the ride or died ones or the only ones you need. These are really great friendships as well because these people are a little bit more detached from your life. So they kind of get to see things from external perspectives. So they're not in your day to day and they're able to offer insight into whatever it is you're going through that you're not seeing or the people who are seeing you weekly monthly, whatever it may be you're seeing. So a lot of times these are actually really great friends to go to for advice because they're kind of going through things that you're not fully aware of as well. And they're able to relate to you in different ways that maybe the people in your closest circle are not. And I'll use some of my college friends as examples. I have a friend who is going through a breakup right now And he is killing it, I will say. And he will reach out to me and ask, you know, this is kind of what I'm going through. And it's a gay relationship. So obviously he's coming to his gay friend. Uh, (laughs) And so I'm able to offer him insight and advice and just say, hey, this is sort of what I've experienced. Then we kind of get into talks about, you know, he doesn't have a lot of gay friends where he is. So we'll talk. And we'll just talk about what it kind of means to be a gay man in a major city and our own experiences and share those experiences. And it's a really beautiful friendship because even though he's across the world, we're able to go back and forth and share our experiences and relate and offer different insights, things we've learned in our own traveling or in our day-to-day lives. That's a really great friend to have. I also have a friend who is from college that I don't see her very consistently, but in college, we hung out all the time. She lives in another city. I live in New York, and I maybe get to see her once every six months when she makes her way to New York. But whenever we get together, it's like we don't miss a beat. And she is a friend who is going to tell you the truth. You tell her what you've been dealing with the last six months, she's going to, in five minutes, tell you what to do, what she would do. She's going to give you all her insight. She's not going to hold back. And that's an amazing friend to have too, because she, like I said, is seeing things as I tell the story or I process it. She's seeing things that the people in my day-to-day aren't seeing. So that's a whole other aspect as well. Having friends that maybe you go to for different things. So I have the friends I go to for relationship advice. I have friends that I go to for career insight. I have friends who I go to when I just want to go out and party and have fun and talk about stupid stuff. I have my friends I go to when I just need a good laugh. I have my emotional friends who I go to when I just like need to vent. These, It's great to have friends to go to for different things. And that's kind of where you can find them maybe a little bit that you're going to find them mainly in your second to first circle friends. So these people you have maybe certain boundaries with, whether they're implemented or physical boundaries that just prevent you from seeing each other or the people you keep closest to you. Now, the people you keep closest to you, these are like your ride or die people that you are no, you know are in it for the long run. And when I say the long run, I mean this should literally be a handful of friends. Like not even, I I think if six people is way too many. This is like five friends. People you know are in it for life who maybe you guys have been friends for years or maybe you guys have had some really tough conversations. Maybe you've even had some really like tough fights or well, I don't really, I don't know. I don't fight with my friends really. I feel we all have really open communication and when we're upset with each other, we we kind of address it then and there and then 
grow, move on, apologize. And those are the best kind of friendships to have because they're going to make you a better person and the best version of you. So for example, my friend Libby has known me since I was 12. She will never let me make an excuse for myself. She will always expect the most from me. And she will always expect as I date people the most from them. And she will let me know when something doesn't feel right. She will let me know when something isn't right, when she will not hold back. And it's sometimes tough and hard to hear. And sometimes these are the friends that you get really annoyed at because you know they're right. And sometimes you actually don't want their advice because you know that they're right. And then you know that they have your best interest at heart and you don't want to hear what they have to say because you're not at a point to hear it yet. These are the people that are in it for the long haul because you're making each other better people. They're making you a better person actively. And that's how you know they're friends for life. Because not only are they making you a better person, but they're probably pretty close in your vicinity, or at least if they're not close, they make the effort to reach out consistently, or they make the effort to see you more consistently. There's not necessarily certain boundaries with these friendships, which might not make total sense. But with the second circle friends, I feel like there's more, okay, we only see each other every so often. We only reach out every so often. And sometimes that can exist with your first circle friends, right? Where you only reach out every so often, only see each other every so often. But I would say the difference is the effort that goes into those friendships. Whereas the first circle, I think they there's more, more consistent, active effort. And that being said, I think it's really important to know in your friendships what you like about some of your closest friends because you should probably find some of those qualities in a partner. So however your friends are challenging you and encouraging you to be a better version of you and being honest with you, that is something I would actually take over if you're looking for a romantic partner or partners, whatever kind of relationship you want. That is something I would encourage you to move over to that area of your life. And I think what's hard about dating, especially in your 20s, is you're an ever-changing human. So it is possible to outgrow the person you're seeing, the person you're dating. It's possible. If you're constantly working on yourself and you're, you know, there's you, your partner, and then the relationship, it's possible to outgrow that person. And it sucks. It's a really shitty feeling to outgrow someone you love or just to feel like you are just not right for each other anymore. It's a really shitty feeling, but something someone said to me recently was the people you date make you the right person for the person you end up with. And I really do believe that because as you're growing and growing and growing and growing, as you get older, you start to become the best version of you and the most mature and you have a better sense of who you are where your life is going, the way you're starting to grow. And I think when that happens and you find someone who you notice that you are growing in a way with that complements each other, similar to what I said about the first circle friends, right? That the way you guys are growing is complementing each other. You know that that's a person for life. And then it's up to you if you want to decide with that partner, if you want to make the life commitment to each other. But I guess that would actually be a really good 
differentiator between first and second circle friends. The way you are growing with your first circle friends is complementary in terms of lifestyle compatibility, challenging each other. The way you're growing is complementing each other. Whereas I sometimes feel with the second circle friends, it's not that it's not complementing each other. It's just that it's growing in a different way that you may just not be as close as you once were. And that's totally okay. That doesn't mean you won't end up being close later on. I lost contact with my friend Asada for three years, three years. And before we found our way back to each other and literally, I'm not even kidding the day I sat across from her after three years of not speaking, I was like, oh my God, you're a friend for life again. And I tell her that story all the time. And she said she felt the exact same way. The day we sat across from each other, we were just like, you're a friend for life again. You know, when you compliment your partner as you're growing, that is something really important to know. When, you're, when your partner is filling your cup making you a better person, encouraging you to see the world from a different perspective or key things to look for. And I think sometimes where people go wrong is people think compatibility is, oh, we're similar. I, yes, certain things, compatibility, you're similar in some ways, you know, but, you know, if you are a religious person finding someone else who is religious, you are probably compatible with them. You know, I'm not very religious, so finding someone religious would probably not work for me. I, but you know, if I found someone else who spoke Spanish and wanted their kids to speak Spanish, great, that's a compatibility in terms of similarity. But I actually challenge that notion a little bit because a lot of it actually, I actually think a lot of compatibility comes from the ways you are different. So, I consider myself a very emotional person, a very vulnerable person. And I think that encourages a lot of the people I love to be more emotional and vulnerable. And that is something that they say, you always tell people what you mean, they mean to you. And that's something I love about you. And I want to be more like that. Whereas I have a lot of friends who they do a really, really amazing job at listening. And as I've talked about on this podcast, I'm trying to get better at listening. And they encourage me to be a better listener. And as someone with anxiety, I love structure. I love to have my day plans. I love to have structure. And something I've been trying to do is be more spontaneous and be more go with the flow and combat the quite literal bodily reaction that happens when I break routine. And a lot of the friends that I've gravitate to are the ones that are go with the flow and can just be like, yeah, whatever. But we gravitate, which, you know, we kind of balance each other out really nicely because for example, you're going on a vacation. There's certain things that you need to book ahead of time. Like if you're doing a big tourist attraction, you need to have that booked months in advance. So that works. But then when we're actually there, it's like, okay, we did the tour. Now we can just like enjoy our day. And it, it balances each other out. So I would argue that a lot of the compatibility comes from the ways you are different because you kind of together, again, there's you, there's me, there's the relationship. You make the relationship a balanced one. And to the point I made earlier of sometimes someone is right for you at the time, but not they're not your person. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that this person is helping you become the person that you need to be for the person you end up with. And I think there's something really beautiful about that. And I think too, 
it's important to recognize how your relationships with people in your life are also going to change for the better and grow and evolve. It's not just that people become first circle and then go to second circle. There's also relationships that are going to change for the better and are going to become stronger relationships in your life. So for example, growing up, I always wanted an oldest sibling because I felt like being the oldest was so much pressure. I really always wanted an older sibling. So I leaned a lot on my older cousins and manifested really strong relationships with them. But now at my age, I'm starting to realize, wow, I always wanted an older sibling and I have the opportunity to be the older sibling that I really wish I had to my youngest brother. So I've been trying to be the older sibling that I always wish I had to him. And that's something fairly recent that I'm really excited to see what that grows into and where that goes. And I've noticed him coming to me a lot for more things and me not feeling a need to rat him out as I would have when we were younger and trusting he's telling me this because he trusts me and I don't need to go and tell my parents about it unless I'm genuinely concerned for his safety, which I mean, he's in a fraternity, so that does happen sometimes, (laughs) but it feels good to be cultivating this relationship into a new light. And when you set certain boundaries with people, ones that you input, sort of what I was saying about the friends that maybe you just keep a little bit more at a distance or people in your life, maybe they're even family members or previous partners. When you set boundaries with them, I weirdly enough think that that actually is a form of love to value the relationship enough and respect the person enough to say, I still want you there, but I I need a boundary to maintain a healthy relationship with you. And I still want you in my life, but I need to put a boundary in place to maintain this relationship. And I know that this is common for people who maybe have someone in their life who struggles with addiction that they care about really deeply or a lot of times when we see people we love struggling but not doing anything to help themselves we have to put boundaries with that person because it is it is too hard to see them struggle because you love them and they don't want to help themselves. So that's something I've experienced having to put boundaries with people that I love that because I feel like I've seen them hurt or struggle and they don't want to help themselves. So weirdly enough, protecting my peace or protecting your peace, weirdly enough, protecting your peace to not have to see someone you love go through that to opt to say, I love you and I care about you and I just cannot see you put yourself through this. I actually think that there is love in that boundary that you set. So never feel bad like you don't care about the person or you don't love them if you have if you have to set this really intense boundary. Because sometimes I actually think the boundary is more loving than just feeding into, again, I'm speaking on specific scenarios here, but feeding into the negativity that they're putting out or if they are struggling mentally or with an addiction, 
the boundary is more loving than just being an enabler and continuing to allow this person to, I don't mean to sound harsh, but dilute themselves. So that is all I have for you this week. I hope this episode resonated with some of you. I hope you enjoyed. If you like this episode, please leave it a review. Please subscribe. Please share with anyone you think could benefit. Until next time, everyone. Ciao, ciao. Te quiero mucho.